Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Beyond the Pain, a place for parents of estranged adult children to find peace and healing. In each episode, I hope to share stories to help you during some of your darkest hours, to bring this out of the shadows and stop being ashamed, then to build you up and inspire you to love yourselves even more. Welcome back to my interview with Sherry, a estranged mother um, who is sharing her story with us. So, Sherry, uh, welcome back, and I appreciate, again, you being here. So let's continue where we um, where we left off. And uh, now he was a bully, and I'm like, no, you guys bullied each other. Yeah. They fought, you know, they would always fight. They didn't, they didn't fight like anger, but they would practice fight with each other. I stitched those two up so many times because they didn't want to go to the doctors. But, right. um, you know, I'd put the the butterfly stitches on them and i would they were always you know trying to sword fight or or something out in the woods or whatever and now that he was a bully because i because i always thought you know i he asked me says mom did you ever think that i might be gay or i mean i said you know there's only one time i ever thought you might have that and that was when you were hanging out with kevin because you guys seemed so obsessed with each other yeah but I still can't figure out why he would have abandonment issues because my son has never been abandoned by anyone. Well, it's like, um, you know, uh, define what what they mean. You know, I, I don't think like my daughter, my youngest daughter would always growing up, especially in her teenage years, 
she'd always be like, well, when I start lecturing her about something, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, whatever. Oh, you're you always yell at me. I'm afraid you're always going to yell at me. I'm like, I could probably count on this hand the number of times I've truly yelled at you. I've never, well, maybe when you were a baby, smacked you behind, but never hit you, you know, or anything like that. So it's like, what is their definition of some of these things they come up with, you know? Um, yeah. Certainly not the the known definition uh, or the most accepted definition. So, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, yeah uh, it's, it is perspective. I agree. Uh, yeah. You know, how they look at it, because as a dog trainer, I've been doing for the last 15 years, I haven't been a counselor since my back surgery yeah which was in 2000 I think it was is when I I stopped doing that I just I just I'd lost my license because they couldn't figure out what was wrong right uh, and it took uh too long to figure out what was going on and then uh, that's a whole nother story but um he I at least train of thought because <laughs> for, okay. for, during that tumor it, it bounced my brain around a little bit and so yeah. sometimes I just I, I'll be thinking something and then I just lose it. And then uh, I do smoke a little pot. So I definitely okay. texted him <laughs> sure too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just racked my brain. What did I do? I mean, me and him were very close. We were, yeah. we were very close. I mean, I hear I you. When I, you were, when you were talking earlier about um, when they said, they appreciated you and they understand, you know, why some of the, you know, why you did some things when you were, you know, like being a parent, they understand, yeah. they understood right. about that. My son, when, when him and his current wife got, got married, um, they had a child and it wasn't too long after that, that he didn't exactly say oh my gosh, I now realize, you know, some of the stuff that happened when I was a kid, you know, that it was, I understand why you did what you did, you know, didn't exactly say that, but it was very close to that. And, you know, my wife and I would look at each other, oh my God, he actually listened back. He listened back then. He just didn't listen back then. You know, he he heard it. Right. You know, yeah. so. Until so, they experienced it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when, when, when that life comes in, you know, and I always told my son um, when, when Lauren was born, that was a very, very special for me. Yeah, because for one, I wanted to get pregnant right away. And my husband's like, you're too young. You need to wait. You need to wait. You need to wait. And he made me wait a couple of years. And so which is good. I had I, I mean, I had no direction. I just live you know i just want to do everything because i right. i really never had that direction to teach me how you do things and luckily I, he gave me a lot of perspective and and i flourished from that luckily and so when um when i had kids and i had lauren and i was always honest with him about it the baby because i wanted that unconditional love Something that couldn't just leave me. Something that yeah. wouldn't abandon me. And then he does it. It's like, isn't know, that? I, I held, I, even up to our last conversation that was brought up that 
I know I, you know, I had kids for the wrong reasons, but I had them for the right reasons too. And you were planned and, and, and I wanted something that loved me as much as I loved it and that someone couldn't take from me. Yeah. They can. I mean, who would think I would never have thought, you know, I mean, yeah, you might not get along with them. You might not spend every waking hour thinking about them, but you wouldn't think you'd go years without speaking to them. You know, I mean, I would have never had them. them. No. Yeah. Wow. He, well, he went to New York for three years and me and him talked every single day. Of course, uh, he was asking for money too. Oh, there was the car broke down. This happened. Uh, Got to right. pay this for rent, you know, and he was living with her and her mother pretending he, he was gay. He had to pretend he was gay, I guess, when he first moved in there. Uh, so his mom, for, so her mother would allow him to live there. He was like 19 or 20 at the time when he went down there um, to New York. And when he came and told me he was going to go to New York, I should have told him, stay here and finish your school first. Right. But he told me he wanted to go to New York, that he had a place to stay, and that he already signed up with school. And he wouldn't let me meet her. I didn't even get to meet her. Wow. Um, and, you know, he's an adult. Who am I to hold him back? I said, you know, right. live your life. You know, I'm not going to hold you back. I, You know. I, if I could have done that at your age, I would have. Right. Go to New York. You know, I wanted to go see the world. Uh, I grew up basically on the streets of Portland, you know, so I didn't, uh, I wanted my kids to have everything I didn't get to have. And so he went and, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, this was before my surgery uh, on my back. And so um, I, I was kind of bedridden for almost 10 years. I couldn't yeah. hardly move or function or walk uh, very well. And so when they finally got that tumor out of there, I uh, could start doing things. And then I started kind of caregiving. I was already taking care of my dad. I've been taking care of my dad since uh, uh, his accident back in the 80s since I was a teenager. But um, it was a, a lot to, to survive. Yeah. And I made sure my kids I mean, I didn't glorify it, you know, because there's no glorification of riding buses in, in order to get some sleep or or taking carts back to the airport so you could get money to buy cigarettes or food or whatever, um, yeah. collecting cans, you know, things like that. And so, you know, I was very honest with my kids so that they knew that they had it better. But you know, now they think they had it worse, I guess. My I youngest son... Got an addiction. Of course, there's lots of addiction in my family. Sure. Um, and my oldest son, I guess, has an addiction of his own, of his wife and new identity. Hmm. And so, you know, I thought I was doing everything different. <laughs> I grew up and I, now I feel like a total failure as a parent. Well, I, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard that. And there is no... <laughs> Even though we used to joke with our youngest daughter about it, about there being a parent handbook. Hey, this is in the parent handbook. You know, we have to do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, as she got older, she's like, yeah, whatever. Um, but, um, you know, even though we joke about that, there, there's no – you make the best decisions you can in that moment for that moment at a time, you know, and that might change next week. You might not have – think you should have done it that way but 
I think still, as long as you're, you have the right um, motivation that you want to keep them safe and fed and happy. Uh, what more can you do? And educated, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that was very important to me to have my kids go to school. I mean, they yeah. both. Um, no one in my family graduated. My sister, and that was only because she was in a foster home, and they allowed a lot of stuff not to be required. Right. She was able to take a test in order to make up for a lot of. I mean, I mean, we started smoking and drinking. Very young age. Yeah. I was done drinking by the time I met my husband. Actually, <laughs> got all that out, huh? I I had my I had my first apartment at twelve. Wow! He took me and put me in foster care, and then my stepdad came and got me, and yeah, kind of from there. But yeah, so I mean, I think sometimes I they think my... that we were born this age, that they know us at, and <laughs> that. They forget you were a person born. Yeah. And any of that could even be possible. It almost seems like he wants a worse life than I had, like it's a trophy or something. I, I think sometimes. So if you had him in front of you or on the phone or anything, is there, if he was listening right now, is there anything that you would want to say that you haven't already that? good bad ugly well um to be honest i go in and out of if i would even talk to him if i seen him right now yeah you know if i ran into him would i just turn around and walk away yeah um that's always a scary thing yeah you know i go in and out of wanting to hug and tell him i love you i i i'm sorry you hurt you know yeah um and uh, I got some money. You want to get a divorce? <laughs> <laughs> that probably wouldn't go well. <laughs> probably not. You know, and, you know, my youngest son used to get mad at me all the time because he says, Mom, you're always trying to suck up to her. And uh, I, I never really thought I was. But now when I look back, you know, hindsight, I, I guess I did. I was always trying to please her. But I, I you know, just wouldn't couldn't please her but i guess um if he came in right now i would probably just tell him i love you i'm sorry you feel the way you do and is there anything i can do to help you know i i i have a i i'm a i want i'm a please i'm a people pleaser yeah i have <laughs> I, that I want, affliction i want everybody too. to be okay <laughs> i want everybody to be okay you know um, yeah kind of the the person that brings everybody together, you know, my siblings and yeah, took care of my parents uh, and still are obviously. So, you know, no, I, I hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm very much the same way, but thing we both have to remember is us somewhere in that, you know, you've, you've got your own issues, physical and mental, you know, so you know, you you have to find a way, and I don't know what that way is, but you know, you have to find a way to uh, take care of your own stuff too. So, well, yeah, 
sounds kind of stupid, I guess, but in dealing with any of this estrangement mess that you've been going through, has there been any, and it's okay if there aren't, but has there been any, is, is there been anything positive that has come out of it? You know, you realized you're, I don't know, whatever you're, um, I do. I do think some positive has come out of it. Um, I guess if I think about it, I found out, uh, that my husband's daughters, um, love me and care about me and, um, were trying to protect me from my own child. Mm. You know, um, they don't agree with how, what he's done. Right. And, uh, in voicing that, as a matter of fact, I found out, um, before all this went down, uh, Lauren and his older sister had an argument. Oh, interesting. And I, yeah. And I was a little upset with Selena because, um, I assumed wrong. I assumed, uh, the reason why Lauren was giving me attitude is because she confronted him on something about me. Mm. Well, it turned out she was not, uh, that wasn't the case. She was, she was telling him, reminding him, you're close to your mom, Lauren. What are you doing? Right. You called her every, you have called her every day of your life until, you know, you came back. And they ended up moving back down here because he just couldn't make it in New York. You know, her parent, her mother wasn't helping um, in any way. And they were throwing his stuff away. And uh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on down mm. there. At least that was the story I was. Doing. Right. So I was sending money. Right. So I was sending money and stuff. I mean, I found out later when he when he was living with his sister, I was helping him pay rent. And I would give him the money, which he was supposed to give to her. And, uh, years later, just recent this summer, I found out he didn't pay her. He was keeping it. Oh, good. He's been manipulating me for a long time and I trusted him. Yeah. I mean, I trusted him. It's a shame that it, they, I mean, any, the kids in general, but then, you know, the estranged kids that, uh, that they ruin that trust, you know? Um, and they, you know, some of it, even if you, I was just going to say, even if you reconcile, there's always going to be a piece most likely that you hold back that, you know, you can't fully be trusting and be, with them a hundred percent like you were before. So much as you might want to, I mean, I know I couldn't. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know this person. I, yeah. As a matter of fact, last time I seen him, I mean, he, I met with him and cause he wanted to talk cause of a situation that happened on the phone. And my husband left a, a nasty message for his girlfriend. Uh, and my husband's never stood up for me like that. And so I was actually, pretty uh impressed that he stood up for me well it offended lauren and marianne um and so um when uh i talked to him the last time i talked to him we were going to talk about it and work something out where him and i got together outside of them 
so that we could keep our relationship going. And when we met in this store, this restaurant, which is a restaurant he frequents a lot, um, and so he just started um, taking all of everything in his childhood and twisted it into this narrative, this, mm. this narrative, and just started yelling at me. And I just started crying. I couldn't even talk. And right. I just sat there. And, and then when he finally stopped, I, I said, I said, can we at least go out in the car and do this? You know, and so we got up and we, we walked out and got in the car and, and we sat out there and talked a long time. And, you know, um, I gave him, you know, some flowers and stuff that he wanted for from my yard to his yard and everything. And he goes, OK, well, uh, I'll call you, mom. And so I dropped him off at his house and then we text a few times. And then all of a sudden he just quit answering my text. Uh, so he didn't even tell me he was going to cut me out he just yeah. stopped answering my texts and then when uh and he wouldn't answer he wouldn't answer so i'd still send him text messages saying i love you i miss you i wish uh you know this wasn't happening or whatever uh, i never right. said anything negative about his wife or anything um and then when my dad died uh and i was pretty beat up i mean i it was pretty grueling I didn't, yeah. they wanted me to take him to, uh, hospice, but I didn't, I promised him he could die at home one. Right. And, uh, with everything that was going on in the nursing homes and stuff, I wasn't going to take my dad in, into one of those, especially with the way Inslee. Yeah. Things. But, um, he hung up on me. Um, but, um, so I texted my son and I, uh, and I said to him, don't even get any sympathy for losing my father mm. you know no yeah. no no i'm sorry mom no you know something i probably said it i still got the text message i i've kept them all but um i guess he must not like the way i said it or whatever and he sent me back a message that was just fueled with all kinds of you know rude mean things and but you know you were in pain you not only yeah. have an issues with him but you just lost your father i mean come my on. father i have cared for since 1980 when he had uh his accident because yeah. my dad never really recovered from that accident and my mom left him um just before his accident and so he didn't have anybody so, oh, you know, I took care of him before school and after school and he had skin grafting and, and, uh, he, he, uh, had a bunch of damage done to one of his eyes and everything. So I'd have to take care of all those things before I went to school. And then when I got home, um, so, and, and my dad lived next door to my son his whole life. Wow. His whole life he lived next door to him. Uh, and you know, he's my, he's my stepdad, but to me, he's my dad. Right. Um, but obviously he did, but he didn't mean to, and he didn't try to, but you could see bias with his own biological children, my little sister and brother. Yeah. Um, but that didn't bother me. He was still my dad. Right. Uh, but it bothered my kids, I guess. 
circumstances. They felt well, they were treated different. And it's like, well, yeah. you, you, you know, you, you know, whenever my kids wind up and you treat him different, you're not fair. You treat him different. And I'd always look at him and go, of course I treat you different. You are a different person. Right. And they just don't, they don't get that, you know, and get that. that's unreasonable. So for in so many arenas, <laughs> so, he, you know, he, he grew up with him right next door to him. Wow. Right next door, you know, because that was great having my dad next door, too, because, you know, when you're going to school and working and taking care, of, I, I had my sister's kids all the time. Um, right. So I I had a little girl I was trying to adopt, a little homeless girl. I had her and her brother for for about six months, and then the dad came and took the little boy, and me and my husband were trying to adopt the little girl. She was three at the time. And then he came back for a visit and then never brought her back. Oh. Um, and there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, the lawyers got the money and the paperwork got started, but there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know, until the papers are signed. So, I mean, life wasn't perfect uh, for anyone and and it won't be. No, even, never even will the be. the richest people. I mean, look at the president's son. I mean, he didn't have a perfect childhood. Right. No one does. Right. But this new ideology is where he should be wanting to bring families together, not push them apart. He knows he should know the devastation that it causes. Well, there's so much of that. Like, I, again, in the group it's, it's that I that I talk to people and, and that, that, that just comment in our group that their their professional counselors have told them, oh, that's toxic. You should get away from that or whatever, you know, that, that toxic relationship bullcrap, you know, not that there aren't toxic relationships, but it's a, it's an easy word to throw out there, you know, it's just crazy. So I agree. Well, and I seen a lot of that coming out when I was a counselor and I was going out the door, but I had so much going on my last couple of years yeah. as a counselor that um, I, I seen some of it, but I, I ignored it. Um, and then um, now I'm like, I, re- I almost wish I would have stayed in it because I had one of my old friends call me. Uh, Lauren was working with the, uh, a, um, youth group for Latinos, uh, a lot of them in Vancouver. And uh, he was part of this youth group and he was mentoring them and all this stuff. And my friend called me up and they're like, isn't this your kid? I'm like, yeah. And they go, well, he's claiming to have lived in Mexico. He's claiming to be a second generation uh, Mexican-American. And technically, he's not. He's third generation. He didn't grow up in a bilingual house. My husband doesn't speak any Spanish. Um, You know, so it's like, I didn't lie. Right. He goes, well, the worst that can happen is he'll lose that job. And I'm like, you know. He said he's traveled the United States. Yeah, when he was one years old when we drove truck. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? He's just completely rewriting. And these counselors, yeah, and these ca- this like this one counselor, he knew Lauren since he was little. A friend of mine, uh he's a black guy and uh the reason why he knew Lauren so well is because 
uh, Lauren came to our baseball game because uh, back then we had a little baseball team and Lauren comes running up going, screaming, it's a black man, it's a black man, as if he had never seen one. <laughs> and so Johnny loved that and went over and used that as an opportunity to become good friends with Lauren. Right. And uh, so, and then Lauren was really good friends, went to school with his nephews and his kids and stuff. And um, Johnny taught me a lot about <laughs> How to deal in those situations when kids act like that? Because Lauren had his—he had lots of friends. He has a, his his uh, niece and nephew are black. Uh, yeah. My husband's uh, great great grandmother was black. I mean, right. He dated a black. Guy. It wasn't like he'd never been around, but he had he he used to do that. He would. Lauren was all you know. You don't think about these things until now, but he was always over exaggerating things like that like when i booted him in the butt right I kicked him and beat him up and kicked him um really hard and or uh in this situation he's seeing a black man and so he had to start screaming as if to get attention so i'm wondering so that's why i think some of this transgender any of this real yeah yeah, Lauren was always a sarcastic person, too. He would always, like, if you went to a birthday party, instead of saying happy birthday, he'd say Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> saying Merry Christmas, he would say happy Halloween. You know, he he always had something smart-ass to say. Yeah. And now he says he found his true person. So I I, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to him since since my dad died, uh, that was right. the last uh, communication he had. When my wife's mom passed, you know, it was during the estrangement, and um, we knew that it was happening. She had two strokes, like one, both kinds of strokes she had. So they couldn't give her one medication without making the one worse. And they couldn't give her the other medication without making the other one worse. So it was just really waiting, you know? Um, and so we let them, let him know that. And, um, to, you know, if he wanted to visit her, time would be of the essence. They didn't, um, you know, she, went into hospice and it was about a week. Um, she lasted. And, um, I mean, to this day, I don't think he's, and obviously it's, it's, it's been several years now, but, um, to this day though, I don't think he's gave her condolences or anything, you know? So it's like, um, you just can't get away from yourself long enough to, you don't have to like or Think agree with the other yourself. person. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You know, they, they can't seem to do that sometimes. So, but yeah, as, so as dysfunctional as the family I grew up with, they when it came to death or illness, we always were supportive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember the the first. So it's really weird that he. Yeah, the first funeral I ever went to was for, well, you know, come to think of it, it's probably the only one I ever went to. Um, I was probably six or seven, maybe, maybe less than that. Um, and uh, it was a family friend, and um, he had passed away, and 
I just remember going and and looking, you know, standing next to the to the casket. And I think I, I'd have to ask my mother, but I think I even like reached out to like touch him because he looked like he was just sleeping, you know, like you see in the movies, you know, people, kids do. So, um, yeah. So, um, so I'd like to apologize for the sudden end to that conversation. Sherry had some technical issues on her end. So, uh, computer froze up. We were not able to complete the interview and just say goodbyes. So, I would just like to take a moment and thank Sherry for coming on. It's never easy to expose yourself like that, to have all of that out on the display, so to speak. So it takes real courage to do that. So I appreciate it. Um, If any of you guys would like to be on the show, feel free to email me at beyondthepainpodcast at gmail.com please reach out to me if you have any comments that you would like to share but other than that just um, continue to be kind to yourself give yourself some patience it's very hard to do but um, I, I really encourage you to do that please feel free to share the podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from it you can find me on all the major podcasting sites that's it for today so i appreciate it and please remember to live beyond the pain Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 